you know, when we utter the words all the time, you know, what's wrong with so-and-so fill in the blank, how many of us actually sit there and say, um, is it me? Welcome to the Isle of Misfits podcast. I am your humble misfit host, Nancy Carmichael, and we are in the midst of our first ever four-episode series called Hope in the Madness. And if you haven't caught any of them so far, I highly recommend you go back and do that because we've been tackling a lot of topics under the umbrella of madness, uh, whether it's uh, the craziness, whether it's the angriness that we've all been experiencing to one extent or another. And today, we're going to keep going and we're going to talk about another really important topic that I think is affecting many, many people. I have my good friend, and all-around smart guy, Bob Red here in the studio with me now to tackle this big topic. And Bob, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you introduce today's topic. Hello, thanks, Nancy, and hello. Um, hello. We're going to be talking about hope and the sadness. And I think um, before we kind of launch into that, um, we kind of ended uh, our last podcast on um, on hope and angriness, and. Um, just so that we can kind of bring full circle, one of my atheistic friends um, said, um, Bob, really the gospel that you want to share is uh, just such a hard message. Why, why are you committed to do that? And uh, it's just a hard sell. And I said to him, I said, well, the gospel isn't what you want it to be. It's what God has determined that it is. Hmm. Yes, and that's how we left off, if I recall, our last did, episode. Yeah. So, and you know, that in itself, that statement can elicit a number of responses. It could uh, maybe elicit an angry response, right? Like, are you kidding me? I want it to be what I want it to be. Um, but there's a flip side, right? There's a flip side to anger. In fact, uh, every good psychotherapist knows this: that anger. And sadness or depression are often two sides of the very same coin. Yeah, they sure are. And a lot of it has to do with the root issue of not not being in control of a situation. Right. But I think before we get too far down the road, we want to make sure people understand that sadness isn't always a bad thing, is it? It is not always a bad thing. Yes. And we're we're just I feel like we're diving straight in. So I want to tackle all of these topics. Um so now I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna back way up because we're introducing it with the gospel, which is not a bad way to introduce it, um, but we're also talking about the madness. So we don't want to conflate those two things, right? So let's let's put the gospel where it belongs. Let's put it at the top of this conversation, but let's work our way up to it because we're really talking about our response to the sadness first. Yeah, maybe we should define sadness and... Um... I think how we look at it is uh, it's that we can't find common ground due to the dark forces that seek to separate and divide us. And I think that's really what makes us all sad. Yeah, yeah. Because we want, you know, we want to find that common ground. We want, nobody wants to be at odds with 
the world or even internally, right? The internal conflict that we have makes us sad. The response to, I mean, there's just a lot of sad things happening in the world right now. And again, it's kind of like in previous episodes when we talked about, well, pick a crazy thing. It's almost wait 24 hours and it's going to change because there's always something new and crazy in the news. And unfortunately, there's always something sad going on. And we all have examples in our own lives, you know, not just turning on the news or, or flip, you know, flipping on the phone or whatever, but there's just, there's just sadness. And right now it seems to be exacerbated. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And we think about, uh, when we talked about craziness, we kind of said, well, it's when uh, the norms are kind of under attack. And, and then we said anger was uh, a sense of a double standard that we can't resolve or we can't uh, address. And all of that leads to a sadness. Yeah, yeah, because it's, again, it's a lack of control. It's something that I feel I can't do anything about. And maybe I've tried to do something about it. Maybe I got good and angry, and it didn't work. So now I'm just, I'm just I give up. Well, and um, it's easy to come to that if uh, we don't have recourse. And... In uh, this kind of scenario that we've just come through, uh, we've come through a, a, a bitter divide between uh, groups of people, and uh, the reality is that we're meant to really congregate, we're meant to converse, and we're meant to interrelate, and um, we're experiencing tremendous uh, new ground in terms of isolation. All of these things... Uh, really pull at our heartstrings, both the people we love, um, and we're just not meant to be an isolated being. We're not, and it's hard to know what to do about it because, in some ways, we, in some ways, we can't change the reality of our circumstance. Right. So, what do you do with that? Well, it's really important that uh, is, is like most other kinds of feelings and emotions. We have to be honest with it, number one, and recognize it, right? Right. So, all right. So, just a moment ago, you talked about sadness is nobody wants to be sad. Um, it doesn't feel good, but sadness has a place. And, you know, it reminds me of uh, a movie I think a lot of people saw several years back called Inside Out. It's a Disney Pixar movie. And the whole plot of it was centered around a girl who was experiencing a lot of emotions, um, but one of the primary emotions was sadness because she had moved across the country and her whole life changed. And the whole plot line drove you to the point where you realize, you know, sadness that a part of her had been trying to suppress this whole time. Don't, don't be sad. Don't be sad. Be joyful. Be happy. Be happy. Be happy. She had to come to terms with, the fact that sadness has a function, an important function. Yeah, it does. So we've talked uh, in the other podcasts about truth. And when it comes to sadness, it's a very deep internal uh, emotion and experience. And uh, we really don't do service or we do a disservice to ourselves when we try to uh, gloss it over or we try to skip through it. Uh, it, it's really meant to look inward and say, why am I sad? What is going on within me? And um, as we've said, that can be very healthy. Yeah, and 
it can be very healthy. And on the flip side, it can be very unhealthy to just try to, well, let me get past this. I don't like this feeling and I know it feels wrong or whatever. So don't worry, be happy, you know, just get over it. And, you know, part of you is like, shut up. Like there is a part of us that when people are like just overly, what's the word I'm looking for? Just overly encouraging when they mean well, but it's like, oh, just be happy. And it's like, shut up. I don't want to be happy right now. Um, So, you know, again, and not not to wallow in it and get stuck in this mire, but there's something about if you, if you try to move past where you are too quickly, you really don't move past it. Well, you don't. When you uh, first walk up and you see someone, the response is, well, how's it going? And most of us, even if we're sad or feeling terrible, go, um, oh, I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the best one. And that's kind of secretly what we want, right? We pass people on the street or in the hall or in church in the foyer. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Okay, good talk. Bye. You know? That's right. And um, the reality is that a lot of times people can see within ourselves. And uh, I had a brother that uh, one time, um, you, you know, passing in church after service and um you know, I said, hi, how you doing? And um, he said, uh, I'm fine. And I said, well, you know, you look troubled. And he sent me an email uh, a day later and said, you know, Bob, thanks for that. He said, um, I really was troubled. And um, you, you, in a very uh, passing way, um, made me confront uh, uh, kind of the way I was feeling and it was very helpful and I think we can do that for each other uh, just back to being true being honest yeah and the fact that you helped him acknowledge it I think is huge because again you know you have that little foyer conversation or wherever you are and it's almost this this social courtesy we just expect you know we you say it to be nice you know how are you doing fine how are you end of discussion but when somebody upends it by saying really because i'm not so sure you know and it can be confrontive but it can also be refreshing life saving maybe you know that sounds like a hyperbolic but it really can because people they want they want permission to feel yeah, and it demonstrates that you really are observing. You really are listening. And sometimes when we have these inner feelings, as you were saying, that uh, sometimes we just want to ignore them and say, oh, no, no, I, I shouldn't be sad. I should be happy. And when we get some kind of affirmation from someone else, um, that can stop us in our tracks and say, y- you know, I am preoccupied. I am sad. Why, why is that? What, what is really at the heart of why I feel the way I do? And those kinds of uh, reactions and, and internal reflections uh, can be nothing but healthy. Yes, they can. And I'm, I'm going to not play devil's advocate. Of course, I would never do that. But I, I want to go to the flip side of this because I think, in a sense, most people 
would say, oh, I know that. Of course I know that. Because we all know the things that are good for us. You know, we know we shouldn't uh, eat nothing but sugar 24 hours a day. And yet, um, knowing it and practicing it are two different things. So, well, well, you know, it's, we are talking about madness. So your reality may be different than mine. Um, <laughs> I, this idea, you know, I know I should stop and break that cycle of, yeah, I'm okay, good, you're okay, let's just keep moving on. I know I should do that, but sometimes I might be hesitant to do that. And I want to talk about why. Why are we hesitant to ask our our acquaintances, let alone our friends, yeah, but how are you really doing? Why, why do you think? Yeah, well, if it's the person that's actually feeling the sadness, I think a lot of times we either don't fully understand it and don't really want to have a dialogue about it um, because we don't understand it or because we feel um, this is a long story that could be made longer and this person is coming to me and saying, hey, how's it going? On the flip side, as you said, if you're the person that's saying, hey, how it's, how's it going? And, and the person truly uh, doesn't appear to be um, doing well and, and they, they, there's something clearly on their heart that's heavy, um, sometimes we feel as though it's not our place. Yep. Not our place. And I'll, I'm just going to get brutally honest. I think sometimes that feeling of, oh, if I ask them how they are, now I'm involved. <laughs> now, I, now I have to do something about it. Yeah, that's a great point, too. When it can get messy, it's just easier, I think, sometimes to be like, hey, good. That's great. See you later. Um, just being honest. I mean, I think many people, if you're being honest, can relate to that. Oh, we sure can. I mean, um, 50,000 things going through our mind, how busy we are that day, what we've got on our uh, table to accomplish. And uh, boy, do I really want to spend uh, 30 unplanned minutes or 45 unplanned minutes to say, you know, hey, let's let's sit down and have a coffee. Let's just sit down and talk about talk it out uh, if if you'd like. And, of course, the cringe in the person that's asking that question is, oh, they're not going to say yes, are they? Right, right. Because, there, yeah, there's that, um, there's fear, right? Because nothing is in a vacuum. Sadness is not in a vacuum all by itself. Sadness and things like, like we said, anger often go together. Or fear, because we are just multifaceted people, and there's never just one thing going on. So it could be... Just fear of, oh, well, if I, if I get started on this, like you said before, I may not be able to know when to turn it off. I, I you know, I, it's like opening the floodgates. But again, to back up just a little bit, what I'm getting out of this little segment of our conversation is, is something really important. Even if we can't solve it, even if it doesn't turn into like this, you know, epic conversation therapy session, it's acknowledge it. Yeah, it's so huge because, um, as my earlier example about my my friend in in church, and um, I, I didn't even recognize it was that important. Um, it, it was just an honest response, and it um, was immeasurably good to him. And um, you know, so 
I think a part of why we don't do that and say to, to people, well, you know, your heart looks heavy. Um, you, you seem to be uh, distant or any of these things, which can be manifest through sadness, is the, the deep unknown. You know, what's really uh, affecting them? And I think, as you said earlier, oh boy, am I prepared? Am I am I equipped? Right, and am I going to get sucked into their sadness? Do yeah. I? Yeah, because if I'm not equipped to to help them navigate through this, then I'm going down too. Oh, absolutely, can happen for sure. Yeah. So, but even you know, even before we try to help them through it, just the the simple fact of acknowledging it, whether you're helping someone else acknowledge it or yourself say you don't have that friend asking you hey what's going on you seem sad we all have emotions we all and they manifest in different ways right to be able to say hey i'm feeling this way sounds so just almost stupidly simple and yet i wonder how often we do it yeah i think not enough huh I, I, yeah, I'm good at pointing it out when I don't see it or should see, you know, in the perfect world scenario that we all concoct. But I I think when it comes right down to it, when I'm feeling something, I'm not thinking about what I'm feeling. I'm just feeling it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And and again, um, what is the source? Right. Right. And that leads us to our next, our next thing. So we've acknowledging it is huge. And not just saying, I shouldn't feel this way. No, I am feeling this way. And then you just you just said it. What is the source? What's going on here? Right. And, you know, sometimes we don't know. Sometimes uh, there is something gnawing at us. And um, we just can't. It's not so much we can't be honest with ourselves. It's that we can't put our finger on it. And um, there are other times where, you know, we're just mad at circumstances. We're mad at the world. We're mad at um, uh, a group of people or we're mad at at an individual. And um, they always say, right, the halfway to a solution is understanding the problem. You know, halfway to understanding and, and dealing with your sadness is to understand what is the root of it. And the more it's something that's internal, um, the, the healthier we can get. And the more external it is, um, we need to shed it and say, not really how important is this in my worldview? How important is this in my life to allow it to affect me and the people around me that I love. Okay, okay, so let's go there for a second because you talked about internal versus external. What's going on here? Where is this coming from? So is it coming from some external source? Is it, so, okay, let's let's go there because there's lots of external things going on right now. I mean, the world is has been in lockdown for the better part of a year. Um, people have been isolated from one another. Uh, school situations, work situations, just that, alone and there's probably a thousand little spin-offs from that but that's an external thing right we can't do anything about that for the most part well that's right it's 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 outside of our control but at the same time um you mentioned school and your kids well 
um, the, the, the sadness there can be, you know, my, my kids aren't experiencing um, what normal kids do in a school year in, in uh, collaborating and, and spending time with their friends. Um, on the one hand, on the other hand, I have a job and I'm not a teacher. I'm not equipped to be a teacher. And now I have to be essentially uh, a, a someone that was uh, back in the uh, 1920s in a schoolhouse on a prairie teaching multiple kids, multiple subjects and multiple ages. And um, that, that the fact that you're not equipped to do that and that you have other responsibilities to put food on the table uh, is surely a sign of sadness and, and frustration of um, what am I supposed to do with this? I love my kids. I want them to do well. And here I am. Yeah, because one thing I can't believe we really haven't talked about that I think has everything to do with sadness is loss. Everything you talked about, you know, this the way things are supposed to be, they are, it just isn't. <laughs> things are not as they're supposed to be. There's been a loss of, you know, and we really feel, those of us who are parents, you feel it on behalf of your children because you see, oh, they should be doing this and they should have experienced that and, and proms have been taken away and playtime has been taken away for the younger ones or even, you know, last year graduation ceremonies, all the rites of passage and all the, the things that we want for our children and that is a loss. Yeah. You know, and we grieve for losses. We do. And, and it's that um, old sense of, uh, of time, right? Uh, a, a minute loss is a minute loss. We can't go back and reclaim it. And, um, and so we, we feel that. And it is more real today for many, many of us than... Uh, uh, certainly in any time uh, that we've known uh, in quite some time. Yeah, and it just makes me think, you know, none of these are really new topics, but maybe it's being framed in different ways because all these topics have been discussed many times in terms of a physical loss, like when we lose someone we love, when the, the death of a loved one, that is a loss that everyone can relate to, acknowledge, whether, you know, whether you've experienced or not. It's There's a grief, a relationship that, was there is is no longer there in the same way that person is no longer there and now we're seeing those same things that that grief and that loss being applied to just so many things right now loss of opportunity loss of you know things that we can't get back and again how do we acknowledge that loss and not say well no big deal just move on without getting just absolutely lost in an abyss. Well, again, it's back to understanding what the source is. And then after we understand the source, we, we really have to try and put it in perspective for us. And putting it in perspective for us uh, can mean a lot of things for a lot of different people. But a part of it is to understand... Um, I think the term you used earlier, Nancy, was you got to recognize it first and foremost. And then you have to say, am I going to let this control my life? And if not, what are the things that I can do? What are the things that empower me to step outside of this uh, sense of sadness or allows me to kind of move through it? And I, I think that's the other part of sadness is 
um, and, and, and we've started out this discussion this way, um, there's no benefit in just trying to squelch or to deny the sadness. The way through it is through it. Right, right. Not around it, because I think I, for one, will try anything and everything to get around something unpleasant, especially something sad, because sadness is such, it can be such an overwhelming feeling that you, you, you know, never mind getting sucked into somebody else's sadness, I could get easily sucked into my own sadness if I let it. So the question then becomes, what not just what can I do with this, but where do I take this? Because I know next week, sneak preview people, we're going to talk about hope in the weakness. And I think we're going to probably flesh that out about what can I actually do. But for now, let's just, let's just kind of talk about where, where do I take this? Yeah. So again, the first question is, um, is it, for example, is it external? Am I being made sad because of the current events? Am I being made sad because, uh, back to what we say about, um, hope in the craziness, uh, am I feeling sad because all the things that I understood to be reliable are being turned upside down on their head? Um, and, um, Am I in a situation where um, I'm being called to think a certain way or being questioned to think a certain way? Um, that is how I actually think and how I actually feel. And these are some of the things that, um, again, back to the source, um, what is it that is making me sad and am I... Uh, in a place where it's external and I need to uh, recognize that, n no, um, I have a right to be sad about this. I have a right to view my worldview in the way in which I do and not be told that it's wrong. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's understanding first what is the thing that is being challenged in my life that's making me sad. And then what, what can I do about it? And back to your, your answer, um, I have to confront it and say, um, do I need to move on? Right. And, not, and the answer is probably yes. It's, I mean, almost always eventually is going to be yes. We do need to move on. Um, there, and I guess the question is, well, what are the benchmarks that tell me it's time to move on? Because, again, if we move on too quickly, we haven't really moved on. We've just suppressed something that's going to come up later in some other form. So how do I move on? How do I know that it's okay to move on? So it, it comes, again, to me to where do I take this sadness? So I think now I want to kind of jump back to where we started with this uh, with this episode with how you introduced it and how you ended it with your, your friend about the gospel. Yeah, so um, again, 
the uh, the viewpoint of my dear friend is you know this Jesus Christ you talk about uh, was a good guy. Uh, everybody recognizes that. Um, good person, good dude. Um, models what human beings should should um, look like and do, and full of love. Um, why don't you just teach and preach that? And the the answer is that's true, but that's only half the truth. And then the, the gospel, the good news, is about uh, recognizing that we in and of ourselves um, need repentance, that we need a relationship with God. And Christ coming to this world, coming to this earth, and communing among us did many things in terms of healing people and, and showing us what love was really all about. But he ultimately did the thing that we can't do for ourselves, and, and that is for us to recognize that inherently we are made in God's image, but we also are fallible human beings. And let me raise my hand as the first and chief among them. Whereas I'm the chief that, misfit, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm there with you as well. And that we need um, a relationship. We're built for relationship, and none greater than to be built for a relationship by the God that made us so that we could have a relationship with him and, and he with us. Okay. So this is where some people that are listening may be going, wait a minute. We were talking about sadness. What what does this have to do with the gospel? And what I, I, I'm telling you that I'm sad. I'm telling you that things aren't the way they're supposed to be, and that's made me sad. And your answer is, yeah, and that's why uh, you need to repent. What? <laughs> what is? Is there a disconnect there? You tell me. Yeah. Well, I think for the naturalists, it's a it's a huge disconnect, um, and the disconnect comes in this way that. Um, that you're telling me that I have to uh, recognize that there's something outside of myself that can help me that is not a crutch, but is a solution. And that solution is what many uh, Christians will call hope, which is a part of what our whole series is about. And it's a fallen world from our worldview, and sadness is a reality, and it doesn't matter what your worldview is, what your belief system is. The fact is we all face sadness because this is a difficult place to live, this world. And it is a place where no one gets off scot-free from having the gamut of emotions that we have as human beings. It's God-given, and this is, a as we define sadness at the beginning, that uh, there are a lot of dark forces um, that uh, we can't avoid as human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so far I think our emphasis has been on all the external things that make us sad, and rightly so, because there are lots and lots of those Um you know, the world would be a perfect place if it wasn't for all of those other people out there, right? Ruining it for us. Um, and I laugh as I say that, and yet I know, and I think every person listening and even not listening <laughs> knows that 
the world is as it is because it's made up of lots and lots of individual people. It's very easy to talk about humanity and to talk about those people that screw things up and make life difficult for me. Or, you know, even the things that we have no control over, like the weather, like tornadoes, like certain diseases, like things things that truly are external. And yet, part of that sadness, the root of that sadness comes back to me. It comes back to not just my response to the external things, but when we talk about, you know, the world is not as it should be. And we know that because I have something in me that is not as it should be. That's right. And, and there's nothing harder for a human being to do than to take complete and total responsibility. Oh, who wants to do that? That's no fun at all. Right. And, and, and so, um, you know, when we utter the words all the time, you know, what's wrong with so-and-so fill in the blank. How many of us actually sit there and say, um, is it me? What's wrong with me? Why, why am I causing, uh, this dissension? Why, what am I doing to contribute to this, whether it's at a worldly level or whether it's at a relational level? Yeah, and that's that is a really hard question. That's talk about acknowledging it. You know, it's one thing to acknowledge, yeah, I'm sad. It's a whole other thing to acknowledge, well, maybe part of that sadness is something that I'm involved with. Yeah, that I'm very much involved you with. You know, and again, it's not to confuse the matter because I I just want to say this because I know there's always going to be a situation that is out of our control. I know that. And yet, if we live too much there, it makes it very difficult for us to to deal with the things, as you said, that, that we can control, or maybe control isn't the right word, that we have to acknowledge that hit home closer than we like to think. That's right. It's called personal responsibility. There you go. There's a word you don't hear very much. And when you do hear it, you hear it, you know, I think... We, those, those of us, including myself, that kind of wrinkle ourselves and we hear that is, I think it's because we think it's, it's not compassionate, right? We think, well, that's, that's just being judgmental. You, you can't say personal responsibility because you don't know what people have been through. You don't know what I've been through. Yeah, and you can take it even farther and say that um, there are different groups that are supposed to, the, the world tends to say, you're supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to feel somehow slighted or in some other way. And, and it's easy to do it at the group level um, when really the question is, can I do something about it? What I should do, some, what should I do about it? And how do I go about taking my own personal action to do something about it? And I think the minute we get along those lines and look inside and take responsibility, that we start to recognize that the sadness that we feel is no longer debilitating. It's no longer um, a force that we can't reckon with. Yeah, you know what's making me think of is... There was a guy that Jesus met at the temple. 
he was it was the temple beautiful right and the the guy with the he couldn't he was crippled right for 38 years and he's like oh you know he was sad because people would push him out of the way to get they would stir the waters the angel right would stir the waters and people would get healed but he never got the water of siloam and he never got his turn because other people got in his way and so here he was crippled for 38 years and what was jesus question to him do you remember what do you want that was his first question but then he so when he said what do you want his answer was well everybody does this and i i've been here for so long and whenever i try to get uh down there people don't let me then jesus asked him another question and that question was this do you want to be made whole yeah and i think there's a weird part of all of us if again if we're honest that there's a comfort that we derive from our own sadness. It's familiar to us. It doesn't require us to move on. It's it, it's just this place. It's a dance that we know. Yeah, it's a dance we know. That's right. It uh, It's a good bedfellow. Yeah, and as much as we, yeah, of course I want to be made whole. Of course, if I could be, you know, if I could be healed, of course I would want that. But... What are the implications of that? If I'm healed, then I can't be in the same place that I've been for 38 years. I have to go someplace new. Yes, a place that's unknown. And for human beings, the unknown is always scarier than what we have really been used to. Absolutely. And, you know, let's not discount that, but let's acknowledge that that that's a dynamic at play a lot more than I think we like to to admit. So we're acknowledging our sadness, we're asking where it came from, and then we're asking what do we do with it? Where do we take it? And you know by now you're listening to us, you know what you're going to hear us say, you take it to Jesus, but what does that mean? We know what the right answer is. I've used this analogy I don't know how many times now, but I'm going to use it again of, you know, when I was a kid, I would uh, be in math class, which was not my strongest suit growing up. But in grade school, the math books were great because you could just flip to the very back of the math book and there were the answers. They were all right there, which was great. Except it didn't tell you how to get there. It just told you what the answers were. Right. It didn't tell you what you had to do to solve the problem. It just told you the answer. Right. So what do we do? So, all right, take it to Jesus. Well, what does that look like? How do you do that? Well, I, I, again, um, the beauty of a relationship with God himself is to know that he's sovereign. That's a tough concept for Americans, uh, more, much easier for Europeans, particularly people from the UK, because uh, they understand what a sovereign is. And um, we tend to be uh, industrious ourselves, and we tend to say, okay, I can do a, B, and C. I can paint the picture by numbers and it'll come out beautiful. And the reality is, and the beauty of the Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview is that we, always, we don't always know what the outcome will be, but we know it'll be immeasurably better than what we could imagine. And that is the key. I like to use the analogy 
when I'm going through uh, a time of sadness and, and great struggle, uh, I know I've left the uh, bank and I'm fording a river and it's a torrent, it's difficult, I can't see my way out of it. And when I was on the bank, I would have just said, you know, God, um, I'd like to, I'd like this outcome. And in all of the trial and tribulation and sadness that I'm going through, eventually by being um, faithful and working through that sadness, I come to the other bank and the, the literally... Uh, things become clear. And I look at where I stand at that point, look across the torrent to the other side and say, I could not imagine that I would be here. And here is always truly entrusting God, entrusting Jesus is immeasurably better than my uh, feeble mind could could have conjured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... I'm thinking about, there's a scripture in Hebrews that talks about that we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with us. But he was, you know, he was tempted in every way, just as we are, including sadness. He felt the sadness. I mean, we know that what that the shortest, yeah. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful bit of scripture. It's uh, Hebrews yeah. 4, 14 through 16. And it says, basically, we have such a great high priest um, who has passed through the heavenly Jesus Christ, the righteous, and um, that uh, he understands our weaknesses because he has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us go before the throne of grace uh, to receive his mercy and, uh, and feel grace in time of need. And that is just such a beautiful, beautiful script, uh, piece of scripture and, and description of what our God does for right. us. And how do we know, I mean, aside from the fact that that scripture itself is telling us that that's true, we, you know, other scripture speaks to it as well. You know, that, that everyone's favorite uh, memory verse, right? The shortest verse in the Bible, John, what is it, uh, 1135, Jesus wept. He knew sadness. He, yeah. he knew what it, what it was to not just, oh, I feel blue today. No, to have deep grief and sorrow and, and rightly so. Yes. Yeah, that, that speaks to uh, his humanity. Again, that uh, he had suffered weakness as we are yet without sin. And, um, and that he wept, that he felt these human emotions. So, you know, that's just the fact that uh, Jesus was a person. He was humanity and he wept. He felt human emotions. And that's what made him both man and God and gave him, if you will, the, the right as God to be that propitiation. It's a big word, but that, uh, that uh, sacrificial lamb to receive for those who believe in him uh, sins past, present, and future so that we can go before holy God and have a real relationship. And in that is hope. Right. Because another Hebrew scripture is, speaks to just what you're talking about, that he endured the cross. The cross 
and all of the sadness that went with it, all of the anger, all of the injustice, all of the things that we're talking about were heaped upon him. He endured it, scorning the shame of it, but it was for the joy set before him. We cannot forget that. And he didn't just die. As Christians, we believe, because the Bible attests to it, that he overcame death, he conquered death, he rose again, and he lives. Because if he didn't do that, then the cross didn't really mean anything other than, that. oh, thank you, that was nice of you. But that's the hope, is that he took our sadness in our place. He's familiar with it, and he overcame it because of that propitiation that you speak of. Yeah, and he sits at the right hand of God, and he intercedes for us. And that is that hope that we know, regardless of how deep our despair, how sad we might ever feel, that we have hope, that we understand that this is for our good and his glory, and that regardless of what it is we're going through, that he is faithful and that he will bring us out of it and our uh, strength of our faith and our strength of character will be immeasurably stronger and better. Because of what he did. Amen. Amen. His glory. And, you know, in case that sounds a little too religious for you people, let's just bottom line it. So we're acknowledging the sadness. We're questioning the source. We're taking it, whatever that source is, whatever's behind it, we're taking it to the one who bore it on our behalf. Amen. So that we don't have to bear it because, quite honestly, it can be unbearable. Yeah. And, you know, when we think about the cross, um, whatever kinds of unbearable things we experience, we're mere humans and we succumb to it. We're fallen. But here's a perfect human being and a perfect God enduring the wrath on our behalf immeasurably more than any one human being could endure. And if that's not hope for us, then I don't know what, because that that means pressure's off of me to try to figure it out. And even even if I don't even understand all of this all of this gospel language, as you said at the beginning of this program, uh, we're kind of coming full circle again. You know, the gospel isn't necessarily what we want it to be. And you know what? Thank God. <laughs> the gospel is what God made it because he saw our need before we did. Amen. So, friends, I hope that this has been encouraging for you today. Um, I would love to hear any feedback that you have, any, you know, pushback. Say, be nice. But I would just love to hear um, what's going on with you. We have one more topic we're going to discuss next week. We're going to talk about hope in the weakness, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. As am I. All right. Well, you're going to come back then. One more. Can't wait. Yeah. Thanks, Nancy. We'll see you next time. You know, these conversations just keep getting better and better in my humble misfit opinion. So here's where I make the shameless plug. Yes, and tell you, if you haven't heard parts one and two, go back and listen to them because it's good, helpful stuff to get through the madness. And where can you find them, you ask? 
I'm so glad you asked. Well, however you found this one will probably work, but just in case someone shared it with you, and may I say thank you, sharers, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, but the best way, in my humble misfit opinion, is to go right now, don't delay, to the theisleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com. Because you'll not only get the podcast, but misfit blogs, and there's even a gallery of beauty and other fun stuff. So you might even want to subscribe, I'm just saying. That way you'll be sure to catch our final episode in this series for those of us who are feeling a little weak and powerless these days. And you'll get to hear a little more backstory of our special guest, Bob Red. You won't want to miss it. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for who you are and whoever you are. My prayer for you, yes, I do pray for you, is this, that you will own your beautiful awkward, that you'll love those beautiful misfits in your life, and that you'll seek beauty and truth amongst the weirdness of it all. Amen? Amen. <laughs>